here with Abe Firth. We are. Co-founder, co-owner of Warner Brewing Company, Wild Main Heart Seltzer, Woodman's, Firth Properties. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, finally Thanks for having yeah, me. Exactly. Welcome to this. Uh, Tell us about this strange place we, uh, that we've never been to before. Do you ever hear NPR has those uh, tiny room concerts? Yeah. Like in their studio. This is the tiny room podcast. We're in the hut. You know. We have way more space. We just like to be this close while we're recording. <laughs> we laughed because we like, Adam and I were sitting out here. We were inside. We moved outside. We're like, this would be cool. It looks like the rain's going to stave off. And we got a ticket table all set up. We had the microphones all hooked up. And I look and we just hear, I'm like, oh, God. But we're going to see some exciting weather during this. Yeah, we're in the uh, in the hot. Though. This is the beer hot at Arnold Brewing Company. This is fun because it was not supposed to be. We really didn't plan this when you guys bought the building. It was yeah. just like, this is just a building. This was where they used to store junk. And, uh, I grabbed lots of firewood from this shed. Yeah, because actually we did have it. Because remember that yeah. it was we was firewood here when we, yeah. when we first opened. It's much better already. used as a beer hut. Yeah, and then we had the cooler and tap lines. Thanks to this dude. Yeah, yeah, they're clean too. Very clean. But yeah, so um, we talked with Mark a couple of weeks ago. Earlier this morning, we got to talk to Mark. But it was a couple of weeks ago on releasing these podcasts. But um, about how you guys founded Orna Brewing Company back in 2014. But you tell us your story about how 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 Warner Brewing Company got started. Sure. So you know your version of it. CB's okay. lying. Sure. <laughs> um, well, 2014, I was bartending at Woodman's, which was our first business. Mm -hmm. I was still there. I was not bartending as much as I used to back in 2005 when we first opened, but I still had some time behind the bar, and I still had a real sense of like what people were enjoying for beer, mm -hmm. and. We started off, um, you know, really cocktail heavy and then slowly added tap lines and had more rotation. And by the time I kind of handed over the reins to, to the people that are running the bar now um, and you know, Mark's uh, a business partner who's, you know, doing all the orders and everything, um, we were rotating almost all the lines and I had a lot more kind of like uh, opportunity to try different beers. And I, I got to see it from a perspective as a bartender, you know, and as a, as a bar manager and see how people were managing their brands, how the quality of the beer was, how the distribution relationships worked. And it just got me really excited to try to do something uh, through Woodman's on our own. Uh, started off with a very small, you know, vision of very local and um, knew that if we wanted to have any success as a small even as a very small brewery we needed to make great beer mm -hmm. because maine has such a, a incredibly competitive landscape mm -hmm. <laughs> so um talked to heather and mark about it my two business partners and the goal was let's keep woodman's relevant and let's make great beer and that'll be part of a way that we can have woodman's be around forever mm -hmm. and um they were on the same page they thought it was a cool idea mark was definitely like the first of a three business partners it was like a serious beer drinker and he he loved the idea we just knew that we needed somebody that could make great beer sure so that's where asic came in i, I talked to probably 30 different people asked him who we should talk to and like 100 percent of the people were like oh you need to talk to asa so i hadn't i hadn't really met him and i just went to the farmhouse the homebrew store in bangor where he was helping run uh that that spot and uh, i was like hey asa i made from woodman's love to learn how to make beer from you so I can like be educated to mm -hmm. a point where I can find a brewmaster, you know? So he, I was like, you know, I'll 
I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take a class from you. I'll pay you to, to, and he was like, yeah, dude, you don't have to pay me. Like I'm happy to sit around and chat about beer with you. Oh, yeah. And just ACB and ASA, he was just, you know, he's so passionate about what he was doing mm-hmm. then, just like he is now. So I spent time with him and he had a bunch of kegs of beer he'd made and I learned from him uh, what I could, you know, which was uh, it, it, probably like a half a percent of what he knows about beer. <laughs> uh, but I learned enough to be like, okay, cool. Like this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Like I need to, I need to get Asa to do this. And um, so I asked him after talking to Heather and Mark, like, what do you guys think? Like, it would be awesome to get Asa to, to, to join the team. And uh, so I mentioned it to Asa and he was like, yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've had a lot of opportunities to, to, you know, get into the brewing side of things, but I want to be in a place that allows me to be the person yeah. that's in charge of sure. the creative side, as well as how we set it up. And also I don't want to be like, I, I want to be able to stay fluid as far as make new styles of beer and, and, you know, um, have that, have that creativity. So we all agreed that that would be, you know, how we'd want to do it too. And, uh, he was like, and the other thing is I like love where I work. So I need to, it'll take me like a year to, to, to like move to, to move on yep. because I don't want to leave them high and dry. Mm-hmm. So we were like, that works too. It's going to take forever for us to get going. Yeah. So we all came to an agreement. He talked to the owners of the farmhouse. They were like, yeah, man, that sounds cool. You should do it. Thanks for giving us all the time. And we took a year to, you know, figure out where we want the equipment we wanted. We started off with a super small four barrel system, but it was like high quality. Uh, we were down there where Dr. Records used to be mm-hmm. in downtown Orno in a yep. little tiny 400 square foot space. It all started there, you know, Asa, uh, Mark, Heather, and I, um, as a, as a four person team, you know, yep. and Asa was the one person making the beer, you know, brewing it, mm-hmm. doing all the cleaning, doing everything. And I think that first year we probably did 600 barrels of beer or something, yeah. you know, and, um, and it was, it, it went very quickly from the dream of having a beer that we were proud of at Woodman's to distributing it through our van all around Maine mm-hmm. and growing based on just, uh, people falling in love with the beer. And obviously, like I was telling, we talked to Mark and stuff that I talked to earlier. As I didn't move back here to 2016, so I didn't even like Orna Brewing Company was on the radar because I had been friends with Andy uh, for many years and Andy Gagan over at Gagan's Brothers, and they're the ones that helped you move in the original four dollar system. They were there, you know, as a lo- local brewer helping you guys out. So I saw photos online mm-hmm. and all that stuff about Orna Brewing Company and stuff. That wasn't until I moved back to realize until I tasted actual beer, you know, some ozone, some lightning tree, where I was like, this brewery knows what they're doing. And then obviously in 2017, I came on board and so on. But uh, it's one of the things I've always respected about Orna Brewing Company. And like, you know, it's be weird for me to talk about this because obviously I work for Orna Brewing Company, but uh, is that you guys have taken the time and slow, not slow, but like meaningful mm-hmm. growth. You didn't just like you and Abe and uh, you and Mark and uh, Heather didn't just sit down and go, okay, we're going to open Martin Street in 2014 from the bat with millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt. Totally. You guys were like, okay, let's start with this 400 foot space. Uh, 400 square foot space of, uh, of, of downtown Orono, and then eventually, you know, in 2018, open up Margin Street, and, and, and you know, years later. Yeah, I think that kind of goes to like the concept of building a quality product first, and then building the brand off of that, rather than building a brand and then kind of like backfilling as an afterthought the product. I yep. think that we were so lucky that we had Asa as that person that was like putting the quality product first, mm-hmm. and then the brand followed. Mm-hmm. You know, like yep. it was it made my job. E- pretty easy as far as like somebody that's doing marketing and doing um, distribution because mm-hmm. the beer spoke for itself. So really, I mean, it's just been that, that, you know, that early on tiny team and then growing to this, you know, this existing team, which is, again, we're just so fortunate to have incredibly talented people all around us and, you know, sure. 
the, it makes it fun. Yeah. It makes it so we're not burning out mm -hmm. and it makes it so we can continue to have fun goals and interact with new customers as well. While at the same time, keeping people that have been part of the, the business since we opened. Yeah. And, and you know, and one thing I, we had talked about on the last episode with Mark and I think you talk about building your brand and the one thing, you know, I've worked for a lot of different bars and one thing that stands out with the brewery and the bar is you seemed very conscious of building the community too. Mm -hmm. And so I, I met like, you know, I, was that a big part of you planning out for Woodman's and OBC and, you know, just all of these locations you, you always seem very focused on how can we also build up the community. Totally. And that was something that, you know, we, that's, that's kind of how we ended up in Orno. You know, we came here to go to college and we stayed because not, not because we went to college here, but because we worked in the restaurant industry. Here. Sure. You know, like I don't, I, I can't imagine that we'd be in Orno still if we hadn't all had jobs in the service industry mm -hmm, sure. and got to know the community, got to see the opportunity to uh, contribute to the community and then like just fell in love with being here because of the people. Sure. And um, so that's always been front and center. And it was a bit of an adjustment for me going from like that day-to-day -day direct interaction with community sure. members through bartending. Mm -hmm. That was a really hard thing for me to leave because it was part, a big part of my identity, you know, feeling like, um, you know, probably an overinflated sense of self-importance as far as like these people are here uh, partially because they want to see me, mm -hmm. not that they want to see somebody. Yeah, sure. Like, it, it, they wanted to see somebody that was friendly and courteous <laughs> and would have a conversation. But, you know, 24-year-old Abe was like, no, they're here because they it's wanted to chat for me specifically. <laughs> you know, like, that was a real humbling experience to realize like, oh no, like when I left the bar, we got busier. Yeah. So maybe they were there despite me <laughs> you know so i think um you know but that was it you know like that was a big now and now the interaction for me personally with yeah. community is different because i'm um you know i'm not always around we're open yeah. but i still feel like you know by being good community members and by you know having staff that um are happy to be here yeah. and we're, that we're you know we're all getting along and treating each other well that's a way to be a, a strong part of the community and to help support you know that vibe that we hold you know very sacred which is come to a place and feel energized and happy to be here rather right. than feel like depleted because mm. you went to a place that felt not good yes i love how you brought up the whole like being the front facing with the community and being a bartender because i feel like more of my friends or people that i know acquaintances who have either come back to bangor the bangor area or in a greater bangor area um from being away um have been in the service industry at some point in their time when they were here before they went like so say if someone graduated college in UMaine and went to Portland for their job or whatever and have come back a lot of those very few of those people have come back to this area who weren't at one point in the service industry bartending part-time right. when they're in college or something like that like totally. if they had just like worked at Kmart or Target or something like that they are a lot of those people are still gone Totally. It's like people who actually got to interact face to face with customers mm -hmm. that yep. live in this area and call this place home. A lot of those people have come come back. And you know, we mentioned on the podcast yep. with Mark about how uh, Ethan, who trained me uh, to bartend at Orin Brewing Company, left to go to Portland and now is back and mm. lives up here with his fiance and and so on. So it's like they were in the industry and it made them like love this community. Yeah. And that's what we had talked about with Mark too. Is just there's there's something about just the service industry community too, especially when you have a good one like mm -hmm. here. But yeah, it, it's it's something you want to come back to, which mm -hmm. is a rare feeling for a lot of jobs. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's cool to have that age diversity too mm -hmm. of, you know, you have people that um, I know and that have been in um, 
you know, there's a person I know, for for example, that's down in Portland, bartending, one of my favorite spots, mm. who taught me how to bartend uh, almost 20 years ago, yeah. you know, and it's awesome that you have that continuity. And then, you know, talking to people at the Woodman's employee party yesterday that are 21 years old, who are so excited and love Orno because of their work at yep. the restaurant yes. or the, or the bar or the brewery, you know, mm -hmm. like everybody I was talking to that were students that were working in the service industry had a much deeper sense of community and deeper roots in Orno, which right. is so cool. And that's, that's why it's so fun to have that age diversity in my opinion and why it's cool to live in a college town. Absolutely. And, and I think there's this, um, Taylor and I talk about it all the time, but how I run into people all the time, places and some of these people are from when i worked at gagan's or some of these people when i was just strictly bartending at or brewing company um and some of the people now come here um but there's something about the small community but but orno and bangor are not a small like small it's a big place like yeah. bangor has a lot of population and orno is not tiny uh and there's a university with thousands of students there mm -hmm. um but there's just something about how the people that come out to our restaurants and bars in this area go to all of them so it's not like people that come to Orno Brewing Company and Women's don't just come to Orno Brewing Company and Women's. Totally. You, I run into them at other restaurants in the area or, you know, at shops or whatever. And it's just like they, they say hi, even if it's I've only met them once. Yep. And it's like one of those things that when I was living in Massachusetts, I would be the person at the bar in the community talking to a bartender. And I would run into that bartender somewhere else and they would have no idea who I was. Right. And it was just like, and nothing against Massachusetts. There's just a lot more people, a yep. lot more going on. And it's just like something about this community made me want to. Like it's nice. It feels like you mentioned about how they come to Orno Brewing Company because or uh, to Woodman's because of you after you were twenty-four. Sometimes I feel like that too. I'm like, oh, they know me because they, you know, yeah. they come to Orno Brewing Company because of me. It's like, no, they don't. They come here because we built such a great <laughs> place to come. But it's it has the thing. It's it's the whole vibe. Yes, it's right. like right, right. It, it is you, but it's also the other people. Yeah. you know, and it's that there's a culture of yep. inclusion and happiness and like. We I say, it, and here. ultimately, I think it's probably a very positive thing that when somebody moved into your position, it didn't fall apart, yeah. right? That means you built something mm -hmm. that had substance to it, totally, which is hard. And I think that, um, you know, I always felt bad, like, you know, I still do if I see somebody at a different restaurant and they're like, oh, I feel bad, you know, I'm, you know, trust me, I went to like OBC last week. I'm like, don't worry, like, we're here too. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we're, we, all, we should all support each yes. other. Don't, you know, I don't expect you only to come to OBC or Woodman's. I don't know if I would want someone to only come yeah, here, exactly. honestly, because again, then you wouldn't really know whether or not you really like the experience here or not, because you didn't, you don't have anything to base it against. Plus, them. the expectations are so high. Yes. <laughs> but it's funny too, like it's a small world thing. On the way home from um, uh, the women's gathering yesterday, I stopped by there for a few hours, and on the way home, I was on uh, Kirkland, and someone was walking across the street to get their mail, who's a regular here, who I had no idea that's where they lived, and they just happened to be left Mark's house at the right time. The right speed on, on Poplar around to Kirkland to get to their Stillwater, and I, they were crossing the road, and I didn't see me, but it was one of those weird things that it's like now I'm gonna walk in here and be like, hey, I know, exactly yeah, I know where you where live, you live. <laughs> but it's like a small world kind of thing that I'm like, I, I don't think I ever did that in Massachusetts. Maine just feels like a small town. Mm -hmm, like no matter where I go or like how, who I visit, it's always like you said, I've been out of town and like walking down the street, and it's just like, oh, yeah. hi. So. <laughs> We, we, I did, I had a mountain bike race at Sugarloaf on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday night, we went to the rack, which is one of the first places I self distributed to. Mm -hmm. Actually, the first place I ever sold a keg to yeah. was White Nitro Cream Ale to the rack. I'm hanging out outside, and people are coming up because of the mountain bike race, chatting with us, sure. and like, you know, super friendly, awesome vibe. And this dude comes up, and he'd met us at the race, and then he was saying hi to us. And then he came back about 45 minutes later, and he was like, um, I just found out that my 
daughter is marrying Heather's cousin. <laughs> and I was like, wow, holy oh, shit. So like you, you and Heather are practically related. Yes. Yeah. So like, so yeah. So his daughter is marrying Heather's first cousin. That's, that's, and that's the kind of, that's the way it happens in Maine. Like you meet somebody and then 10 minutes later you find out that you're practically oh, related. But then, do you know so-and-so? And you're yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, I always made the joke. My parents, we went going on vacation to Florida and so I'm like, Hey, you know, oh, you're from Maine, you know, so-and-so. And you're going to go, I don't, it's Maine's. Oh yes, I do know that. Yeah. yeah but like that. when we were in New York city and this is something we talked about with Mark about how I was loving that the fact that Orner Brewing Company went with the name Orno yeah. instead of, you know, again, we talked about it. Woodman's was the name originally yeah. and so on. And, or not originally, because you never actually released product in right. the name of it. But like you guys had battered around some names and Woodman's Brewing Company was one of them. And we talked about uh, how when we were in New York City, I we were at Pools Gold in 2017 and it, it, people were stumbling into the bar because of the name Orono, like because of the tap takeover and seeing that, not because of if it was called and, Woodman's, people wouldn't have known. And even crazier. Somebody had seen, is there anybody who hasn't seen Asa? He has long curly hair. Yeah. He's very recognizable. Somebody had seen him on our Instagram page and hadn't ever met him. And then they were walking down the street in New York City and saw me, maybe recognized me, maybe didn't. Yeah. Then saw Asa and they're like, oh yeah, that's got to be Asa. <laughs> and they stopped us and they're like, what are you guys doing here? We're like, oh, we're doing a party at Fool's Gold. And she was like, sweet, I'm coming. She was a UMaine grad yep, from a few years awesome. ago. So it was even beyond just like knowing well, that Orna was there. Yep. They actually... In the city of you know millions, millions, they were like, "Oh, I think I know that guy," which is hilarious. Well, one of the people that stumbled in there was uh, 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 this woman stumbled in there. We started talking that night, and like I said, when we were talking to people, come to find out, she was on vacation visiting her sister or someone, and was um, Ace's ex girlfriend's hairdresser. Of course, right? Like just this weird connection on that aspect of that lived up here, and it was just one of those weird things about like how close the people are, even Mm -hmm. in a city of millions of people. Um, we could actually have a whole podcast just talking about the fun things that we did on that trip. And we're going back. We're going back. Ace and I are going back to New York in uh, early August. Yeah, and we're going, and and that's a fun thing too. Like that whole Sloop collab Mm -hmm. came out. I got used to work with Sloop. Awesome dude. Ran into him at uh, Blind Tiger, and I never met him before. And he had been up at Bondurant's and had heard that there was a dude named Abe that was like trying to get Orno beer going in New York. And he saw me with like an Orno growler mm-hmm. and he was like, Hey, are you Abe? And I was like, yeah, dude, how do you know that small world? And then like we became buddies. So, and, and that's something I would say to a lot of people when we had a conversation, I did a tour on Saturday in the brewery and, and people were like, well, you know, how did you guys go from downtown Orno to this, to statewide distribution now in multiple States across this country and, and so on. And I was like, a lot of it's, it's hard work and dedication is getting on the grind, but it's also not hard selling. Like one of the best things that, you know, I've seen is I've been gone on sales trips with Abe and been like, we're just going to go and have a beer mm. and chat with a bartender, see if the manager's around just to say hi, get some food. And, you know, we'll just, where are you guys from? You're from Orno Brewing Company. Da, 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 da. And, and then we moved on. It wasn't mm. like, hey, buy our stuff. We have this beer. Here's this stuff. It was just like, drop off some samples. I'll give, I'll give some free bartender advice. I'm going to go back in time to when I was, I was always, as you know, I'm yeah. always running late. So when I was opening the bar, I was always running late. So at, you know, if we opened Woodman's at four at three forty-five, I was furiously, you know, squeezing lime juice and <laughs> uh, cutting limes and trying to do the stuff that like I could get done before we opened, which I'd still have like half an hour prep to do. <laughs> Drove everything nuts. So in that moment, inevitably somebody would come in and try to sell me beer and always they'd be like hey i'm uh, looking for the owner first of all you know 90 percent of the owners don't make this decision yeah. what beer gets bought so first of all first strike yeah so i'm the owner behind the bar busting my ass trying to get open i'm like he's not in <laughs> you know and then and then he'd be like well who, you know so there's just so many ways that people sell beer mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. 
and try to sell beer to a place they don't understand or a town they don't know. They're just like checking out yep. the boxes. It's not yep. how many places you go to. It's not covering every single spot. It's actually having real relationships with somebody, yep. having a product that people want. If your beer isn't great yep. and if it's not marketed well, you, nobody's going to want it anyways. But also you can have all, you can have good beer and good marketing and have a terrible salesperson. Mm-hmm. And that's going to, that's going to go against you as well. There's, there's people out there that back when I was buying beer that would have done better by just not having a salesperson, mm-hmm. which is why I'm so lucky that we have Patrick who is a bartender that understands the industry, you know, and that we hired Patrick and got, you know, this fantastic person who knows how to handle himself in a restaurant and a bar. And Mm -hmm. that's what every, every brewery should have that person. Mm -hmm. If you haven't worked in a restaurant, you shouldn't sell beer to a restaurant. (laughs) And we talked about that with Mark too, where it's like that, that experience is invaluable in multiple different ways. I mean, as an owner, as a manager, as a salesperson, as a, and, and what's shocking though, is how often you see somebody that's yeah. like, I came from insurance sales yeah. and you're like, and what, and now I sell beer. And like you said, you're working, they're like, here, try this. And it's yeah. like, just leave Wrong it on time. The, we're yeah. going to drink it after hours and yeah. that's it. Yeah. And also just like, yeah, don't, don't show up before we're open. Nope. And guess, guess what? There's stuff that we're trying to do. It's just a yeah. job. We're working. And uh, we're not ready. Yeah. You know? Ordering yeah. service, which yeah. I've had happen many well, times yeah. when I was in it's Illinois, the, like middle yeah. of a Friday night. Hey, yeah. I'm John. Yeah. I want to talk to you about beer. Yeah. No. And yeah. it's, it's the, uh, you know, when can I come? Okay, I know you're busy right now. Or I'm talking, I want to talk to you about some of my beer. When are you available? Are you available some point tonight? I can go, I can come back. That's whatever. Yeah. Just like the being open and available, not mm-hmm. like your schedule. When you're selling beer to a restaurant, your schedule doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all totally. about the people you're going to. Yep. And, and Abe's one of the things that, I'll, like I said, I don't want to just like, you know, make Abe's head huge with how good he is at his job. But um, with, too late is <laughs> is the idea that you you don't stop visiting the accounts that buy a crap ton of our beer right and that's one of the things i think that ends up happening with a lot of people is like okay i'm not these 10 accounts are buying beer every week i don't need to talk to them yeah. they're fine they're buying beer yep. the reason why our top 10 accounts that are across the state across the country buy beer over and over again is because april pat are still in there on a regular basis to be like thank you for buying our beer Thank sure. you so much. Like, and if it's a special keg that we only have a limited amount for, yeah. you know, hey, I got this keg coming out. Da, da, da. Like, it, it's the relationships, and it's not that relationships. I think you got from being a bartender, from mm-hmm. being in this community, about um, and, and working with again, good people. Like, totally. And, and, when we signed with a distributor, we had a list of twenty places that had made our brand. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're like these twenty places are always going to get, um, you know first dibs sure. and i want to make sure that they know when we have something that comes out that's special and you know obviously yeah. like by law everybody everybody gets it yeah, but right. please let, give me a chance to like let these folks know no, they're coming available yeah and um you know that's something that's so important it's just to remember where you came from remember yep. who helped you get there mm-hmm. keep those relationships if to lose a relationship is is tragic you know and sometimes you lose a, you know you lose a relationship with the buyer because they move on mm-hmm. right and then maybe that place isn't the same that's okay but like if the person's there that helped build you and help build your brand uh then hopefully that continues to go through throughout mm-hmm. the generations of mm-hmm. people that are working there and um for sure i think that probably 90 95 of the spots mm that help build us are still huge parts of our, of, of who we are, you know, mm-hmm, and that's right. super fun. You know I mean? I think like, you know, like back at like the, you know, the early days, like the thirsty pig was the first place to pour OBC in Portland. Mm-hmm, right. And you know, Allie and Dave showed up in Orno a week and a half ago yeah, or something. Yeah, two weeks ago, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was just like, it's so easy because yeah. we're, because it's, it's genuine friendship. Yeah. You know, like we love to have you guys here. Mm-hmm. Stay at our house. Yeah. Like, let's hang out. You know, like that's what it should be. It right. should be fun and easy. And we've known, you know, we obviously won't get into it, but we've no bars and restaurants that will not sell someone's beer anymore because of the opposite, like because of the complete 
complete utter disrespect that someone can give to a bar too, totally. a restaurant, like mm-hmm. not treating your bar and restaurant with respect and, and the love that they, they deserve for pouring your beer. Cause we wouldn't be without the customers mm-hmm. or in our brewing company wouldn't be open right now without the people who are actually drinking the beer. Right. But oh, people totally. can't, people can't drink the beer unless it's put into their hands. And so the, like, the thing is like, we're like, we obviously make the product, but it's like, without those two levels of people, we're nothing. Yeah. And like back when we were just the tasting room, if we were just the tasting room in downtown Orno, and OBC was just trying to pour beer out of the tasting room. We really could do whatever the hell we want. Cause it's, we're, we're doing what we're want, doing where you come to us, we're going to pour the beer. You get the experience you get where we get here. But when you started going outside of the dope four walls of Orno Brewing Company, you start to go out of the places. And this is something that I've learned over the past three, three or four years, that it's like, there's a lot more levels and I peels onion level petals to peel totally. that they go into this. And there's a lot more involved and um, part of it is that those bars and restaurants need the respect because no one's going to pour your beer. You're not going to have a facility the size of our facility here. Exactly. Like, and also the distribution network. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the, the people that are driving your beer to the restaurant mm-hmm. and the sales reps and, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the person that is, you know, in the kitchen um, when you're dropping the beer off, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a, basically I think it's just like treating every single person in every role with the same respect as you treat you know the person that you were most trying to impress you know right um just being cool to people and back in 2005 six when you were buying beer off of people mm-hmm. and so that did you ever expect to be where you are now it's funny i had this like weird thing where like i loved the restaurant industry yeah. but it wasn't something like i felt like like starting like yeah. a franchise would be really difficult you know like and like starting like starting 10 woodmans would, would it just felt to me like it would be extremely hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, um, you know, something that would be maybe not something that we'd be able to pull off in our part mm-hmm. of Maine. So I remember actually being kind of, um, envious of, of beer reps. Cause I saw that they were able to, um, create beer in one location and then build their brand by, by sending it to spots, mm-hmm. you know, not having to have 10 locations. Sure. You know, they, they have one key location and then they share their beer. And I remember being like, man, that would be really cool to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And I had this strange like feeling that it was going to happen. And I didn't know when or um, how, but I just kind of felt like this beer world, I think is going to be part of like what we yeah, sure. transform from our restaurant world. And then when we opened the brewery, we opened that tiny spot. And I had this thought that like, I think that, you know, sometime I had no idea when yeah. I kind of felt like, you know, if it wasn't this building, it was going to be something like yeah. it. And that was going to be like, kind of like the perfect size for us to be like, you know, able to still be really nimble, but also to be able to have enough beer to share with right. people mm-hmm. um, around Maine and, you know, beyond Maine. So, you know, where we are now is like what I would hoped would have happened mm-hmm. as far as size and anything from here is, is, is fun and I'm yeah. open to it, but I totally am. I'm, I'm so uh, curious to what's going to happen in the next 10 years because things are continuing to be more regional. You know, I think that local is more important than almost anything else in a lot of people's minds. So, you know, we certainly aren't going to, you know, bet the farm on trying to be the next national brand, you know, and that even comes to, you know, um, you know, the seltzer we launched a couple months ago. Um, I see that we've had great success in Maine and people are excited about it. They love the fact that we're, you know, creating jobs in a, in a delicious seltzer here in Maine, but, we haven't we haven't sent it out of state so if and when we do it'll be interesting to see if it's similar to beer where you know you could be the best brewery in the yeah. world and if you send it to maine it's not going to compete exactly. with the top 10 main brands nope. um because honestly i think you know, the top main brands are some of the best breweries in the yeah. world but um there's some states 
for sure that are probably less regional or less focused on just drinking their own state's beer, but Maine, Vermont, and some other ones are yeah, very, yep. very local centric. And I'll be curious to see if, if that happens with seltzer as well. Um, but I think for us, we're just very happy that we know we can make enough beer for Maine and that we can make enough beer to send some beer to the other New England states that we love too. Which is one of the things that Abe used to talk about when you know, preach a lot is like, take care of the place you're from. Sure. So like for us, it does come from Orono to Bangor to Portland mm -hmm. to the entire state to then from that point on. And whenever there's beer, he's always like Maine gets priority. Yep. Maine yep. gets the beer first because Maine is where we're from and it's where they made where we are now and, and so on. And, and I think there is something about Maine like that. Maine maple sure. syrup, Maine made, mm -hmm. Maine this, Maine water. Where in Vermont is very similar to that totally. also. But there's other states. I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't want to call any out, but like Virginia is not like, I got to have something from Virginia. Right. It's like that, those are the kind of states. And, and Mark's mentioned it to me over. Yeah, I'm Whitman's from Virginia. <laughs> My brother lives in Virginia, but like, Mark mentioned at Whitman's too, how like having beer from out of state on tap, a lot of times it just sits there because yeah. it could be the yeah. best beer yeah. made. Oh, and yeah. It just sits there because of the fact that people want, they come in from Bar Harbor on their way home to get to the airport. They go to yep. Whitman's for dinner and they want something from Maine. It could be something else from, not from us, but it could be from, you know, Mass Landing or some of our other friends in the industry. Um, but it's just something that has it's been made within the borderlines of Maine. Yeah. Some of the best breweries in the country have, pulled out of Maine because mm. I can't sell beer. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And it's kind of sad to see him go, but I'm like, all right, like you got to, and that's why you have to remember as you're growing your brewery yes. is that that's going to be what happens to us in some of those other states, you yes. know, like we're not sending beer to Vermont yeah. and, and our distributor uh, sells beer, you mm. know, their, their uh, overall company yeah. has a, has a distributor in Vermont mm. and they're super honest with us. They're like, yeah, I mean, you can pulse it in if you want, but I don't think that people in Vermont are dying yeah. to drink Maine beer. They have mm -hmm. plenty of Vermont yeah, beer that mm -hmm. they're from. Sure. So and that's one of the things I actually really appreciate about being with a, um, a distributor that is um, in all the areas we sell to because it allows us to take care of Maine first. And that's actually a directive from them as well. So mm -hmm. if we have a shortage of tubular, you know, a directive from corporate on our distribution mm -hmm. side is make sure Maine gets taken care of. You know, if you have to short, you know, somebody else do that, but never short your own. Yeah, state. Sure. And I, I can't imagine how stressful it would be to have different distributors in each state yes. and have to have them fighting over who gets the right. beer. It's so nice having that understanding, being on the same page where Maine comes first. We a hundred percent want to take care of everybody, but if there's a shortage, we want to take care of Maine first. And we're also lucky to be in a state with a distributor that does our distribution in the state is with craft. It, there's no, fighting in between interstate either exactly. interstate either there's other states that have yeah. you have to sign with like like western part of the states with one oh, distributor totally. or that eastern yep. and so like they're now fighting over interstate absolutely that part. happens yep. in maine too yeah. with, with with some i'm sure yeah. but uh yeah we're very lucky, lucky have i love i love working with with craft distributors um and i also you know i feel like we're lucky that we have a, a really strong guild in maine mm -hmm. from a brewer's guild perspective um sean sullivan's our executive director and he does an awesome job of keeping us all unified and um we just have a great um community of, of breweries too mm -hmm. where we're 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 really definitely pushing each other you know i think it's it's good to be in a, in a state as competitive as maine because mm -hmm. it forces you to not uh relax mm -hmm. <laughs> like you gotta yes. keep on keep on keep on keep on your shit you yeah know? like don't don't get complacent uh because that's that's the kiss of death mm -hmm. you know i mean there's there's great beer out there and where I don't, I don't see our other breweries in Maine as competitors. I think it's, I think it's super, uh, super healthy to have so many strong breweries in a state. But I think that, um, I think it definitely keeps everybody on their toes. Do you sure. find it easier that you're not easier, but like, 
are you happy you got into the brewing industry in 2014 and not 2021? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that we started off. We were able to start so yeah. small then yeah. and grow slowly. I think, you know, there is still room. There's so much diversity yeah. in size and distribution model and all that that you can still start and be successful in 2021. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely glad we got a head start and learned what we learned throughout the last seven years. And um, very happy with where we are and kind of uh, how how our day to day and month to month and year mm-hmm. year is. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, but that's that's one of the things we worked on as a guild too, is you know making sure that people had choice and distribution model yep. and and all of that, so that people can grow slowly and mm-hmm. not have to make that jump to distribution size until they're ready to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, you guys like we mentioned with Mark too is like you have, you have a team, your team, the four owners. Uh, each one has their own skills, uh, which has been helpful over the years of, of opening the restaurant. You, you mentioned the idea of opening multiple Woodmans. You did end up opening another restaurant when you opened up 61 Margin Street here. Um, did you ever see that happening? Like opening another restaurant at one point? I mean, you, I don't think that was probably, once you got to the brewery part, you probably were like, okay, we're going to focus on beer. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, the biggest thing for us with this spot is it's so big and there's so much room for people to hang out mm-hmm. and we wanted people to be here all day that it made sense to create that, you know, that kitchen aspect yeah. in Mark. I don't think if, if we didn't have a business partner in Mark, it might mm-hmm. not have happened because having that business partner that has that kitchen experience can make you feel comfortable. Absolutely. With the fact sure. that it's doable. You know, if it was Heather and myself and Asa, it might've been too much. We were just like begging food trucks to stop by. <laughs> exactly. yeah. But, um, you know, the fact that Mark has those, that skill set made it feel like, okay, this is doable. Mm-hmm. And then he was able to find the people to, you know, to run it with him, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Which I love. I mean, we talk, I mean, uh, you know, obviously bring up more of a brewing company quite often on this podcast because of the fact that I work here. But like over the years, you've opened, we've opened Bangor. Uh, I wasn't part of that, but I came in just after the first year that Bangor opened, which is a small tasting room. Um, then you opened Orono Brewing, this one. And then we added the patio, which was one of the coolest things, I think, when you talk about back to the, you know, beginning of this episode where we talked about community is like giving back to the community. We distribute beer all over the state. Right. But like one way we can give back to the community is give them a place to come hang out. And during COVID, this was freaking perfect. Like, obviously, I don't know if anybody hasn't been to Arno Brewing Company in, in Margin Street. We have a freaking awesome patio here. But basically doubled the interior size totally, yeah. of the patio with uh, with this outside space, um, with the flowers that you know, Lacey's put in and, and with the picnic tables and the umbrellas and the beer hut. Oh, it looks fantastic. It's just inf- incredible. I don't like one of the things I always like, obviously, we're biased here. I'm always thinking like this is one of the best looking places in the state. Like honestly, just because yeah. the way the, the environment is out here inside, it's different. It just it doesn't feel like a patio out here. No. It's a it's a full outdoor space, which is like a very different feeling, you know, of just like being kind of walled in in mm-hmm. this closed space, and then just having this kind of space you can wander around, you can interact. I mean, it's just a different vibe. basketball, yeah. cornhole, bocce ball, fire pits, like. It's particularly fun looking back on what this place was and, you know, when it, the year before we bought it, yeah. it basically just like sitting here, you know, and kind of rotting away. Yeah. So I definitely love, I love the fact that people find their way down here and enjoy it because it's definitely fun for us. I mean, this is definitely um, one of the spots that feels like very energizing mm-hmm. thanks to thanks to everybody that's working here and making it uh, an enjoyable spot for people. And, you know, the, um, the fact that we're in a, in Orno, which is not a huge town, nope. but it is right. a you know large university, the biggest university in Maine, makes it really interesting and kind of compelling. I feel like because it's you know, it's always changing. There's always new people here. 
you hate to see people leave, but yep. um, it's never stagnant. No. So this is a very energizing spot. And we're always learning from people, mm -hmm. you know, by being here in Orno, we're constantly learning from folks, whether they're visiting from a different part of the world or, um, you know, a, a student uh, that we end up hiring who shows us how to use TikTok, you know, yes, it's, exactly. it's, and it's all of it, you know, and that's, that's something that we're just so thankful for. And um, it's, it's definitely a big part of why we've been able to grow is yeah. that, that relationship side of it. I mean, there's part of it. People want to hang out here and, and people want to be a part of it. And you talked about that TikTok thing is, you know, he want Eric wants to be part of this, community we've built not just a community creator community of orna but community of orna brewing company and the idea that you know, he's part of the team like mm -hmm. he's just now but and the same thing we had a couple of years ago brian it was like there's these people that work go to university of maine and come in and want to be part of our team because they have a skill special skill set that we can use uh and they end up driving business like they i don't think i don't know if eric knows how much he's done yeah. like honestly yeah. i think it's, it's still probably not even comprehended yeah. in him but i mean he's yeah. smart enough to probably realize it but like it's, it's been big, huge. Yeah. It's and been it, huge. And Eric and, and Brian, uh, who were just referenced, yeah. that those are UMaine students. Yes. And um, Eric ran the Barstool uh, Black Bears mm -hmm. page. And we reached out to him, uh, to the page, and said, hey, whoever's running this page, you're doing a great job. And he ended up helping us out with um, with our social media for both OBC and Wild Maine Heart Seltzer. <laughs> and Brian, same thing. He was running a different yep. page that was UMaine-oriented. It was uh, Main Day. Yep. And the same thing, we reached out to him and said, hey, this is awesome. Can, yeah. we, can we work with you guys? And it's always fun. You know, we have, um, for anybody that doesn't know, Justin's background, he does a ton of work on the design side. And um, all of our designs mm -hmm. are, are based on Justin's expertise. And it's cool that he's able to interface with these students to kind of utilize his design yeah. side with like their 21-year-old or 22-year-old vision of what social media marketing means to them, which is something yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now. So like, it's good for me to learn. <laughs> I, mean, I downloaded yeah, like, TikTok yeah, because and, of the fact that we started recording TikTok. And it's changing like, so fast now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, keeping up with it is like. I, like I said, I literally didn't have TikTok until I downloaded it yeah. so I could see that we, what we do for TikTok and what, what it's like because of Eric starting I'm to a, do TikTok. I'm a secret TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody is, once they, once they get on yeah, there, you've got lost for a couple hours in there. <laughs> I've, I've been watching it pretty heavily for about a year, but I'm always like, I keep it on the down. Low. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I do wonder what it's like if you're not, if you're not accepting the help and expertise of a you know, 21 year old college student yep. and you're working with a marketing um, expert who mm -hmm. might be in a different generation. Yep. I wonder how those folks that are professional marketing uh, firms yeah. keep up. Yeah. Are they learning from interns that are 21 mm -hmm. or are they using things they learned 20 years yeah, ago? Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping yeah. for everybody's sake that's hiring. Yeah, I want to say not listening to young people is, that, man, that's a huge that. miss because yeah. it's crazy. We rely on that too. I mean, oh, yeah. a good portion of our sales come from the University of Maine sure. students. And if you don't reach them, then for at least a good portion of our sales that to me at the tasting room and sure. kitchen area, not the statewide distribution, obviously. Well, even the future part of it is, but like not reaching these people, you know, and not doing, I mean, we do events here. We did, you know, outdoor music uh, a couple of Sundays ago, but that was really for the broader range of people. Yeah. We've done parties during the school years because we've got to reach those younger people. Totally. If we don't, then we're not going to be the place that people want to go to. Mm -hmm. And so, but adding this on and we haven't been able to do events. It's like a perfect time to also release the TikTok videos. Yep. It's because we haven't been able to do events until recently. And now it's like, okay, now we were still able to, to cultivate this younger audience that, that will watch TikTok. Yeah. And, uh, but we obviously, 
you and I tried to do it, we'd be, we'd be fumbling our arm a little bit. Like, oh, no, totally. Like, yeah, we, we had to learn. <laughs> it empowers you. You you, yeah. you, you yep. learn from people that are of a different generation. And then you're like, oh, cool. I, I understand this a little bit more now. I think um, it also observation. You know, we, we live, uh, live at the brewery. Mm. Um, right down the hill from Ledbetter's, which yeah. is a convenience store that a UMaine alumni yeah. owns. And they, uh, you know, they're a convenience store that sells a bunch of different beers, but they sell a ton of OBC. Yeah. And um, when you leave the brewery, you drive right by them. And every time I take a right and drive by Ledbetter's, um, I see people leaving with beer and or seltzer. And when I see college students leaving with beer or seltzer, more than half of the people were leaving with seltzer so yeah big part of why we yeah, launched yeah. wild main because we were thinking like we love we you know a lot of our a lot of our staff drink seltzer yeah. a lot of you know all of all of the uh all the people that are here are enjoying it mm-hmm. so and then looking at what's happening with the 21 year old population and just kind of paying attention like all right well yeah let's do this let's make something that is complementary to to what we're doing with beer yeah. already, right? You know, and it's great to be here and see the trends as they're happening rather than hearing about them three years later. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, it's we, we the best part was the the quality or the uh, sampling all the other seltzers to find out the way we wanted to make our <laughs> seltzer, right? Oh, man. We basically bought every seltzer on the market. There's some, yeah, that was there were some days. Uh, I think that sampling the vodkas and sampling the seltzers yeah. Yeah. and all that that was that was some hard work. Yeah, there are some bad seltzers. Oh, there's some, some great bad seltzers. seltzers. But, yeah, there's some very bad seltzers. Because I mean, we don't do. I mean, we we drink other people's beer when we go out to restaurants, and we drink other people's beer when we do collaborations, and people bring us beer and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. like, we're not sitting here on a regular basis going and buying beer from the the, the convenience store and cracking open beers and trying them to see what we want. We do our own thing but yeah. seltzer was a new game for us and it was like what can we taste you know i don't i didn't drink seltzer on the regular i mean i drink here and there but like can we taste these seltzers yep. and find out how we would want to make one if we were to doing it and we you know the Super vodka helpful. based seltzer was the best on the market yeah. it's like it's just by far and i still think to this day that we have the best tasting seltzer out there and that's again it's a little biased but like i'm sorry like there's just i brought like three four packs to illinois with yeah. me a few weeks ago and everybody that drank it was like oh that's the best seltzer i've ever yeah. had that's awesome it's so and it's, and it's big props to, yes. to having people in then in yes. in in the company who love what they do and are excited mm. to, to to make it happen because mm. that wouldn't have happened without the you know super super teamwork from mm. the whole staff and from a few people in particular so I think that, you know, what you did, what Tom mm-hmm. did to, to create that is uh, pretty awesome. You know, I, I think that, you know, from the taste side and from the branding side, couldn't have done it without that um, teamwork. And I don't know, it's awesome. I, I look at things like, um, you know, if I do go to the store and buy a beer, yeah. um, sometimes because I'm going on the boat yeah, yeah. Know, and I'm like, yep. I, need, uh, I need a Coors Banquet beer. Mm. Or I need a Miller mm-hmm. High Life. When, if if you guys are buying a, a macro beer, yeah. what is it? What is it? Uh, it's PBR probably. Um, K- Miller, yeah. yeah. Miller High Life. Yeah. Or, Miller High Life. How about for you? Oh um, man, that's hard. I would say Miller Light was my go-to for yeah. years, but well, that's good. But later was more High Life PBR. Yeah, yeah PBR yeah. is probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. PBR is one of those ones, and same with the guys in the kitchen too. It's like if they're not drinking OBC double IPAs, it's PBR usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that and Narragansett sneaks yes, in there too yes. for me. I, I, I like Narragansett. Yep. I think Narragansett is like the local option. Yes. It's Rhode Island. Yeah. It's fun to be able to support like, it is. an inexpensive lager mm-hmm. 
it's still regional. Yeah. yeah. Like Narragansett. It's like the, if you're from New York, New York you, you drink like Genesee. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I honestly, would you give me a Genesee right now? I'd yeah. probably drink a Genesee cream. Uh, Genesee cream. That was pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure last time I was at Thirsty Pig, Patrick, our sales rep was drinking a Genesee and I think it was like $2. So, so I didn't know. Did you know that Genesee cream ale and at Genesee they place in New York? makes like some really badass versions of their cream ale. Oh, cool. Like double cream ales yeah. and flavored ones. Well, Narragansett does a bunch of yeah, like, stuff yeah, you never see as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. totally. It's awesome. I was like, dude, that makes me want to go there. Uh, Matt from Massive Beer Reviews talked to me because he lives in uh, New Jersey, but he's like, yeah, dude, when you go to the Genesee area, like where they're from, the actual Genesee brewery, it's like there's some freaking stuff out of there that you'd be like, why don't you distribute this? Yeah. <laughs> like it's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think you'd be able to breed, build Wild Maine without but you wouldn't be able to launch the wild main in 2014. Well, first of all, seltzers really weren't a thing, but if you think about launching your seltzer brand at the same time, we launched the, the brewery brand. I don't think, I think the brewery's reputation and respect that we have been able to gain over the years helped further the brand of seltzer yeah, too. I think totally. launching it now made sense because when you went into a bar, you're like, Hey, you want to buy tubular? Yeah, we love tubular. Would you like to try our seltzer? Oh yeah. We, we give it a shot. If you were just trying to, you know, stay by seltzer, your tubular, yeah. Then you didn't period, know. Yeah. It's like, and then it's like you coming in there, Pat going in there. It's it's just the way that people are like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then how many people are like, oh my god, we need more. Yeah, and it gives us that opportunity to utilize the staff we yeah. have and to and to yeah. gain more staff too, um, and to utilize the space that we already are mm -hmm. in, which is awesome. It's um, really cool. And you know, again, speaking of tubular, thanks to everybody that's supporting us on yeah. that. I mean, tubular is the majority of the beer we make, mm -hmm. and it's awesome to have folks uh, supporting it on a weekly basis yeah. um, we love having a flagship and you know it's just like anything else like if you're if you're training for a physical pursuit the more you do something the better you get yeah you know we we get we have the opportunity to brew tubular uh six times a week you know right. most weeks so we're repping this thing out mm -hmm. and uh we, I, the, the best compliment we can have is that you know people like it or love it and it's always the same mm -hmm. that's great to hear you know? it, yeah yep. it's one of those things two people always laugh like what's your favorite beer i'm always like oh this that and the other thing what's not tubular i'm like no tubular is the default favorite beer like it's like tubular and what else is other than tubular what's my favorite beer mm -hmm. then you ask me what my favorite beer is tubular has to be the number one because it is it, it, it's it's like allagash white and in, in, in uh with allagash it's like allagash makes some badass things in barrels and things like that but my favorite you can't go wrong with allagash. yeah see that might come out again in the next yeah. like year or two. Yeah, <laughs> but like the Allagash White is a steady, really good oh, yeah. beer. You can't go around with Allagash White. It's main beer company's lunch. There's all these beers out there that are like you can always go back to, yeah. and it's good to have one. I mean, there's other breweries out there that I couldn't tell you what their flagships are. Well, that's back totally. to what yeah. we have a ridiculous beer selection here. Like whenever I hear like anybody yeah. like you list them, and yeah. it's just like those are just the state beers. Yes, like, exactly. That's crazy. exactly like state of Maine has some insane good beer. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad to be part of it. Like we Absolutely. talked, we talked today in the office too. I did laugh. I said when we back, you know, to, to wrap around here is that when you mentioned we talked about slow incremental growth, the the idea of thoughtful from from 2000 from 2005 at Woodman's to basically mean you guys opened a separate restaurant in the meantime, and then then LBC. Um, but the uh, we talked about when I got hired in 2017, Abe, we interviewed at downtown Bangor location. Yep. And uh, which is really now that I think back on it. I do all the interviews here and I'm like, we do it before we open. I interviewed my job when we were open. Hmm. We we're sitting at the corner of the bar. The bartenders just like stand there working and there's people at the tables and we're just talking. And I'm just like, okay, this is kind of like at the time did not feel awkward at all. Looking now back, I'm like, looking back and I'm like, 
I don't want to do that to anybody. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> like the bartender's just like, oh, I wonder what this person said. Ooh, I wouldn't have said that. Um, but afterwards, like a couple of weeks later, we were just like talking about like, yeah, so Justin, this is what we're going to do. We're going to like, you know, make some good beer this year. It'll be fun. We'll go on some trips. So at the time, it was getting ready to raise our in the talks about going to um, Iceland and to um, New York City. Uh, had nothing had been fully finalized yet. We were working on it and uh, we'll, we'll make some good beer. And, and, and like a literally like, two months after i started it brought me down here and was like oh by the way we're gonna buy this building too and i'm just like what happened to making good beer and going on good trips for a year and then you know see what happens after that i was like i was two months later we're like oh by the way luckily it did not luckily but like it took us over a year to renovate the place so i did have some you know footing under my feet before i actually got into this building but it was just kind of funny it was like that well then today i told you that this is awesome year because We don't have any major no. projects planned. And Mark was like, yeah, well, you say that, but <laughs> yeah, that's you said, said that. that. Yeah. But I really do feel like that right now yeah. we are in a really good yes. spot where we'll we make don't some good have beer. to have anything crazy happening. We, <laughs> we concentrate on what we have. We can keep on, um, you know, working uh, on just really fun, small yes. details yeah. rather than on anything crazy, crazy new uh, as far as uh, growth. I feel like we're in the right size right now. And if we're going to grow again, then that's something that we'll figure mm-hmm. out in the future. But right now, this does feel like we, I mean, we did just add a decent amount of capacity. Yes. Yep. And it feels really good just to be, you know, to be able to use that yep. to, to its full potential. I think excess capacity is a very scary thing for breweries. Yes. And, um, you know, it's summertime right now. And we're certainly could, we could use some more capacity right now, but it could be different in November, December. Yeah, right. So I like the idea of being able to make sure that, you know, to have to scramble in the mm-hmm. summer and then, still be using capacity to its full, uh, you know, to its full potential in the mm-hmm. winter time. Thank, and, and thankfully we, we have those ski mountains. Yes. And that's, that, that's one of the things we have benefit for. And so you guys, Thank I mean, you. it's one of the things bar Harbor is one of those things that you always sell. We sell beer to bar Harbor. I mean, everybody in Maine tries to sell beer to bar Harbor. We were able to get into right. bar Harbor. But one of the things I always say for this company benefiting is that fact that you're a skier and you, uh, love the mountains. So like that just being out of Sugarloaf has been able to help, you know, yeah. Sugarloaf and Thunder River have been just, I mean, it's a fabulous part of, winter for yeah. for, for uh, any folks that go there and i've just been so lucky that it's been uh that they've reciprocated our love with uh some love back to yeah. us with um tubular being such a big part mm-hmm. of uh of what's happening there so we got, we got chickadee and finch coming out this when this episode comes out it's coming out on august 4th so there's that will be out by now there'll be a new seltzer flavor coming out but i'm not going to say anything because and even though this technically will be out right around the time where we already announced it however we do. I do love the fact that I work for a brewery that doesn't over promise. We, uh, you know, under promise over deliver. So, you know, crap happens. Like I'm not saying anything does happen or anything has happened or will happen, but it's just one of those things that you just never know. So I wouldn't want this to come out and have it be, have me have to edit this part out about this. There is a new seltzer coming. We already did announce it on the Instagram new flavor. We're excited for that. Um, Chickadee and Finch. Chickadee yes. Finch is going to be fun. Double, Double IPA, IPA with Stoneface Brewing Company out of Newington, New Hampshire. You know, Stoneface is the second biggest brewery in New Hampshire behind Spiny Nose. I did not know that, yeah, but I knew they're they were making good a lot beer. Of beer. Yeah. They're, they're great. Their tasting room is awesome. I've been in there a couple of times. Because, I mean, when I used to live in Massachusetts, whenever I would go down to visit uh, my friends back in Massachusetts, Newington, New Hampshire, you're going down 95, you pull off, I think it's Route 16, and you go off Route 16, like two exits, and you it's like exiting Kelly Road here in Orono, and then it, but instead of like the DR disc golf being there, mm-hmm. that's where their brewery yes, is. Awesome. And so it's like you just like empty out the 
you get off the exit, you go across <laughs> the road and you're into the parking lot. That's right. And it's just like so easy to get to and get in and out of that. It's like some of these breweries and someone was like, oh, I got to go see this other brewery. I'm like, it's in downtown Portsmouth. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. I'm not going off the highway no. and into yeah. this thing. Same with Portland. Some of the ones like, uh, you know, uh, that are right there, right off the highway uh, or the ones that I'm most likely going to go to yeah. or like um, Mass Landing in Westbrook where it's like, they're in Westbrook, but it's like not in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the places that I'm more likely to go to on my trip south. Yeah. Is because there's easy to get to. And I think that that's one of the benefits we have. You don't even have to get to downtown Orno yeah. to go to Orno Brewing Company. Like you can get off Kelly Road, come up Main Street, and you're bam, right totally here. Like cool. So fill up your gas, grab a sandwich, get some beer. Or put gas on the ground like Mark did. Or do that. <laughs> what, what, what Mark uh, went inside to get us. Did you hear that story? Quickly, Mark uh, was borrowing Ace's CRV. Yeah. And he put his gas pump in the thing, clicked the button. He's like, well, I got a couple of seconds. I'll go inside <clears throat> and get a sandwich made. <clears throat> and uh, in the meantime, while he was getting a sandwich made, some guy comes in and goes, oh, my gosh, whose car's out there, girl? We're flowing with gas. <laughs> he goes, the guy turned it off. Holy but there's shit. gas all over the ground. He had to throw the stuff down. And so uh, it was funny because Keith, who owns Harvest Moon, and Takarita was pulled in after I went out there later on to get a sandwich. He's like, my God, who made the mess? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that would be Mark. It was, it was Mark. Mark. You know, getting his sandwich. He got in the aisle. I don't know if anybody noticed you were, you were in there, but it smelled gassy. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> he smelled yeah. like gas. And I'm just like, oh, Mark. Yeah. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Oh, I noticed Mark. that. That's about awesome. I figured it was around yeah. Mark. Yeah. We love the environment, though, at Arnold Brewing Company. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mark. Um, but yeah, so we're good beer coming out. Yep. I, I, you know, It'll be five years here in uh, February, so it's you know four and a half years for me, and uh, I'm excited to to see what's going on in the future. And I loved hearing some things again. We talked to Mark. Definitely. It was like one of those funny things that like I had been here for that long, but some of the things that Mark told us about like opening Woodman's and all that stuff was like I had never heard those stories. I never asked you guys. I never was like, oh, how'd yeah, you start Orno Orno Woodman's we're, and stuff. We're closer now than ever. Yeah. We've always been. We've always gotten along, but it's it's easier now we know each other we know each other's strengths right the the only time that we ever really like had a out and out fight was we were we had we had chalk we hadn't opened woodman's yet i was like 23 mark was probably 25 heather was 23 we had we had big like um pieces of chalk and we were drying out the exact dimensions of the walk-in cooler we have three walk-in coolers at woodman's now we started off with one and we were trying to figure out the uh, where we'd put the kegs and where we'd put the beer, uh, where, where we'd put the uh, food. And I was lobbying for more keg space and Mark was lobbying for more <laughs> food space. And it was like middle sense, of the afternoon <clears throat> and right on the corner there were Woodman's is. And Mark and I were having an all out, like basically yelling at each other about how we were going to set up the walk-in. And he's like, fine, if you want that many kegs, we just won't have a kitchen. Fuck it. You know? and, uh, That's awesome. And Heather was like, guys, 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 people are watching you. You need to cool it. You know? And uh, I think that was the last time Mark and I, yelled, the one and only time Mark and I ever That's yelled at each other. That's a pretty good run. I honestly yeah, think now was, we need a beer called Chalk War. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Like Chalk, chalk War. Right? Chalk War. Someone with Chalk, chalk War. Yeah. yeah. Chalk board So, yeah, I remember being so pissed off because I wanted like that. So many tap lines and be like man like we're not gonna and i and also i was thinking like you know just like coming from a bar perspective yeah. i was thinking like this is all gonna be booze yeah. and mark coming from a food perspective like no we can't be in business if we don't sell a lot of food Ooh, yeah and then it, it actually turned out you know we are selling a lot of food there because uh, mark created an awesome awesome kitchen so. but he had to get his own walk-ins yeah he had, he had to get so the original walk-in that the kegs are in is that the original walk-in uh-huh 
and then the that food was, ones. Yeah, that, that was original. That was all the food, all the cash. That's pretty I funny because there's a lot of time in that walk-in, and yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of space in no, there. Now it's only now it's only booze. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. But oh no, so is there? That's probably one of the older ones. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, is the original one the one that has like kegs on one side, food yep. on the okay. That's the yep. one I've spent time. Yeah, yeah yep. man, that's yeah space to fight over. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. So, but. Orno Brewing Company is at 61 Margin Street in Orno and 26 State Street in Bangor. Um, Ornobrewing.com. Mm -hmm. I want to. We're gonna have A back on at some point because we're gonna talk about State Senate as well. But okay. I think we, we do we're talk about that another Great. time. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. More we can do that when we get closer because obviously you're a little bit further out than cool. normal. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I was the first person to declare nice. in yeah. Yeah. Uh, for for that. And uh, so far it's been good. Everybody asked me they're like, "Is it stressful? How are you doing?" I'm like, "No, man. It's like you need people to run. Yeah. Exactly. And if you're gonna run, there's a chance you might lose. Yeah. Yep." And uh, if I win, great. I'm very excited to serve the state. If I lose, I it's not like I'm not going to yeah. stop doing what I'm doing. Like right. I'm still going to be working on distribution. I'm still going to be working on marketing. In state politics, in Maine yes. at least, it's not meant to be no. a full time job. No, no, no. And no, no. Uh, I don't plan on making it no. a full time job. I plan on serving the state, and I'm very excited about it. But I'm also very excited to continue to do what I do in business. I think it's good to have those perspectives. Um, so for me, it's a you know no lose situation. I hope that folks are excited to vote for me, but um, if they don't, I still have plenty of stuff to do. Of course. So if you win, are you going to rub it in Mark's face that Mark ran for office in Orange and didn't of win? Of course or? not. Mark's my treasurer. <laughs> and if, I, I, if you, you win, though, can... you you get to pick what goes where in the walk-in. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. No, what Mark ran as a green. That's I know, a hard. I know, that's I a hard. Know, that's yeah, a hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was running against Emily Kane. He had yeah. a lot of success. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but Mark did really well as a green, actually. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, both of his parents. Um, worked as accountants so he's uh he's a fantastic treasurer well yeah awesome. and then it's fine i just joke about it because like it was one of those things i feel like i'd, I'd hold over my friend's head being like hey yeah remember when you ran for office yeah, i ran for office i won <laughs> but uh well, let's see well hopefully happens. he wins but I like think, yeah I, yeah i think i think we're gonna we have a great start and it's super fun learning from everybody that's done it before mm -hmm. me and uh, sure i just read uh obama's latest book mm -hmm. and if you haven't read that that's a good one he's super honest in it it's awesome very cool yeah, want to check it out? Definitely. Yeah, we'll get you back on at some point to talk actually like yeah, that'd about be really politics cool. about definitely for your office in the area and stuff like that as we get closer and stuff like that. But um, cool. Yeah, we uh, think we're winding down. Yeah, I'm here, ready right? right now. You done with your beer, right? Yeah, two See, beers gone. Two beers Real quick, I'll let gone. everybody listening to us be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Main State of Mind. Subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and go to YouTube if you want to see the video version of our podcast. Mm -hmm. And most of all, thanks for your support. Yeah. Thank and, you, uh, guys. At Orner Brewing Company on Instagram. Follow it at Wild Main Heart Seltzer. I came here to uh, drink some beer and talk. Yeah. Perfect. And, uh, beer's almost gone. Well, it's just... <laughs> we, we've succeeded. <laughs> we did it. But yeah. Awesome. Thanks, cool. Abe. Cheers, yeah. guys. Yeah. Thanks. Peace.